Hello again, and welcome to Our Lady of Victory podcast. I'm Monsignor David LaPuma, and I'm so happy you could join us for this exciting new episode. The weekend of July 29th and 30th is Father Baker Day weekend here at OLV. Father Baker passed away after 94 years of life and 60 years of priestly ministry on July 29th, 1936. And every year, very close to that day, we try to celebrate in a very special way his legacy. We are excited this year because it's a weekend filled with activities for all ages. Saturday, we will welcome jazz lovers and people from all over who really enjoy uh, jazz music because we are hosting our second annual Jazz Mass here in our beloved Basilica. It is such a hit. It starts at 4 p.m. with a, a concert of sung music and, and jazz music uh, and leads up to the Mass that begins at 4.30 p.m. And all are welcome to attend. On Sunday, one of our favorite traditions returns with Pennies to Heaven. Beginning before our 8 a.m. Mass and continuing until 1.30 in the afternoon, people can stop by and start dropping off their loose change on the sidewalk leading up to the Basilica. All of the pennies and coins collected go to restoration of our magnificent shrine. Then at 12 noon, we'll have our annual Father Baker Day Mass commemorating our beloved founder almost to the day of his death in 1936. During that Mass, the Sisters of St. Joseph will present a floral wreath at the tomb of Father Baker. But perhaps the most exciting event of the weekend kicks off on Sunday afternoon when we have our own local celebration of World Youth Day here at Our Lady of Victory. Young Catholics from across Western New York are coming to our campus to begin the day by listening to our guest speaker, Joe Heschmeyer from Catholic Answers, followed by an opportunity for them, if they wish, to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, Confession, uh, the opportunity for adoration before the Blessed Sacrament in the Basilica, and then to celebrate the Eucharist together at 4.30 with a special youth mass that all are invited to attend. After the mass, everyone will be invited to go outside where there'll be food trucks, lawn games, live music, and more, and a very special appearance from the voices, Cami Clune, who will perform for us. Today, we'll get a preview of that event as we talk with keynote speaker and national podcaster, Joe Heschmeyer. I'm joined now by Joe Heschmeyer, a staff apologist for Catholic Answers, a, a blogger, writer, host of the Shameless Popery podcast, and now a speaker at our local World Youth Day event here at OLV on Sunday, July 30th. Joe, it's a real pleasure and honor to have you with us today uh, on this podcast, and uh, we greet you warmly, and we pray in a special way uh, for God's blessings upon you and your ministry. Well, thank you. It's a real honor and blessing to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. I guess I'd like to begin, um, you know, you really have a worldwide audience, and you. Uh, I've looked at your resume and all your podcasts, uh, just a great deal of information that you put out there in spreading the Word of God and really bringing our Catholic faith alive today. I guess I'd kind of want to know how that inspires you, knowing that you, you really um, have a wide footprint. Yeah, it's it's been honestly surprising, and just a tremendous blessing. I mean, I, I don't mean that with any kind of false humility, but just seeing the way that even things that we might as Catholics take for granted as, oh, everybody knows this kind of thing, so often that can be a real light bulb moment for someone who maybe wasn't raised Catholic or didn't have a very deep Catholic formation, that 
God really will make use of all of these things. It, it actually, this so this isn't a worldwide example, but I was recently in a conversation with a, a Protestant friend, and he's been on a little bit of a faith journey within Protestantism, and, and he said, well, why are you Catholic? And I, I've, you know, I didn't have a ton of time. We were uh, marshalling four toddlers while we were having this conversation. But I said, you know, it, I believe Jesus founded a church in Matthew 16, and he makes it really clear that the church is visible and organized and structured. And, you know, it's a city on a hill. It's a light that can't be hidden under a bushel basket. And then if we look at the history of the thing, that pretty clearly describes Catholicism and not any of the different forms of Protestantism. And he was just like, I've never heard anyone put it that way before. And he, you know, he, he did not come back with like some, oh, you Catholics are so foolish. It was, it was just, huh, never thought about it that way. That kind of thing, because, you know, it just, that was not the way his, his upbringing had kind of prepared him to think about how you end up in a certain denomination or church. All that's to say, it was a good reminder that God can make use of, of all of these gifts and talents he's given, not just me, but all of us. And in particularly the gift of the faith, like to be able to share that and to see the way God blesses other people through that sharing is such a privilege and such an honor. That's wonderful. And you know, uh, you're correct. There's so many people, let's say in the pew or cradle Catholics, that you um, you respond to things that they probably never asked or never thought of. And it's kind of a, a light bulb moment to say, wow, I never, I didn't even know that. I just took it for granted. Even as, you know, as the person presenting the thing, uh, there's uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, when he's talking about how to grow in wisdom, one of the things he points out is that if you, if you really want to grow in wisdom, try teaching the thing you're trying to learn. You like go. you, you may think you know an area, but once you try to teach it to somebody else, you'll see exactly how well you do or don't know it. And so this podcast and my work at Catholic Answers and, Everything I, I do in the field of apologetics and evangelization and all of that, it forces me to grow uh, because otherwise I have nothing to offer. And the more you delve deeper into it, uh, the more you delve into the richness. And that's that's the beauty of it, the richness of our Catholic faith. And that's why we continue Amen. to grow in our faith in every day. But it's exciting today to be able to do it through these podcasts and these ways of relating to people that our young people really can relate to. And um, I was pleased to see the, the group that's kind of planning and organizing our local event uh, on July 30th. Uh, their excitement about you, and, and they're the ones that kind of raised it forward. Let's reach out and, and see if we can get him to come. So you're obviously doing a great job uh, with the youth in the church today. And I guess I'd ask you this question. Have you ever participated in World Youth Day anywhere in the past? Or I have. In fact, I, I went to World Youth Day in Poland. It was uh, a beautiful experience. It was really life-changing, both for me and for a, a lot of people who were there. The only one that I was able to go to uh, was the one that was held here uh, in Toronto, Canada, which is only an hour and a half north of us. And uh, I just told the story the other day. We were, I was uh, serving as the secretary to the bishop, so I brought the bishop up there, and we were getting ready for the Mass, and it was a torrential downpour day. I mean, it was skies were dark, it was, the wind was blowing, the rain was blowing. It was just incredible, all before the Mass. And just as the Mass was going to begin, and Pope John Paul II was walking out to the altar, the skies just turned blue, the sun came out, and it was like a, a miraculous moment <laughs> uh, for everybody. Wow. And it just stayed with me, and, and he had that charisma. And Pope Francis does as well. I'm sure you agree that um, he has a way of a very 
humbly and simply uh, getting the message out and really attracting people. Have you have any thoughts on Pope Francis and World Youth Day this year? Well, I think that uh, the opportunity to hear and see Pope Francis is really revolutionary because, you know, I think a lot of Catholics, when you only read about Pope Francis from news media or you're getting, you know, some excerpt from an interview or something like this, can kind of have a confused impression and say, what, what's he all about? What, what's he talking about here? But when you actually hear him preaching and, and preaching the basics of the faith, the charisma, where he just is saying, here's who Jesus is, here's what this is all about, here's what the li- this life is for, and there's something so powerful and inspiring about that that even if you're not hearing it uh, in your native language, like even if he's you know preaching in Italian and, and someone is translating it for you, it's so beautiful and so... I mean, it really does feel like he's talking directly to you, even if there's a crowd of a million people or more. Uh, there's something just about that that is, is, is impossible to put in words. But I think a lot of people who go come away having a, a richer understanding of who Pope Francis is and one that, that is really helpful for them in, in their relationship with him. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, just some of the things that he says, you know, when he compares the church to a field hospital or when he talks about the of being able to to come forward that it's not a reward but it's really a medicine um i just he brings it down to such a level that you really kind of say yeah and that i think i know touches the hearts of many people who for whatever reason don't feel worthy or somehow don't feel welcomed uh he has that just very welcoming way and i'm excited that the young people um in portugal will be able to experience that but also we look forward to the things that come out of that world youth day um, your podcasts in the past are ex- extremely timely on Catholic topics. Uh, what, what are you thinking about in terms of your message to our young people when you come here on uh, July 30th? Can we get maybe a bit of a, a preview yeah. of what do we expect to hear? Absolutely. So uh, the major question I want to explore is why should we take Mary seriously as Christians? Because a lot of non-Catholics, particularly Protestants, Orthodox usually get why Mary is important, but a lot of Protestants particularly, and even a lot of Catholics, frankly, kind of look at all this stuff about Mary and say, isn't this a little overboard? Doesn't this risk taking our eyes off of Jesus? Isn't this, you know, like a distraction? Why Why are Catholics so weird about Mary? But when you understand the theological picture from the very beginning, so even going back to Genesis 3 with the curse of the serpent, where... Uh, God says that the serpent will be at war with the woman as well as with her seed, that there's this role from literally from Genesis to Revelation where we see this battle, a spiritual warfare between the devil and his minions and the woman and her children. And the, who are the children of the, the woman? Well, in, in the first time it's mentioned, Genesis 3, it talks about the seed of the woman, and, and this is a reference to the virgin birth of Christ. But in Revelation 12, it's very clear in verse 17 that it's not just the virgin birth of Christ, that the children of the woman are also all of those who hold to the testimony of Jesus. So if we take that seriously, there is a spiritual war between Mary and Satan, because Scripture is very clear about that, and that we need to be on the side of either Mary or Satan, then suddenly taking Mary seriously is another way that we show that we take Scripture seriously. And that is, uh, it's uh, very appropriate in a special way here at Our Lady of Victory, because as you see when you come here, uh, her statue really is everywhere. But the inspiration for everything that we have here today is because Father Baker, as a seminarian, uh, back in 1874, 
uh, did a pilgrimage to France and to Italy. Um, and he went to Notre Dame de Victoire in Paris, where he was knelt down. And when he looked up at the Blessed Mother, a crowned holding the child Jesus crowned, he saw crutches on the wall. He saw these intercessory miracles that took place because of her intercession. He stood up and said, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to honoring your patronage. And everything that he did in his 60 years of priesthood um, and the care for countless youth and poor families and needy, I mean, uh, it goes on and on and on. But he, it's just, he's a, a saint in the making. We know that he's a saint, but we're trying to get that known throughout the world. But he always said, when people would compliment him, he said, I didn't do it. She did it all. And he would point to the blessed, he would point to Our Lady of Victory. And his trust in her intercession was so profound. Uh, you'll be inspired when you stand here uh, today, when you come, because you'll say, wow, this is one little man's faith and what a difference he made in the world. And so you connecting all of that for us and our young people, that's, that's pretty, it's, um, it's a gift. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful witness, even uh, Father Baker. That, and I think, I think you can really see this in the lives of many of the saints, that this, the people who are most devoted to Mary don't become apathetic to Jesus. They don't become apathetic to their neighbor. They don't become apathetic to transforming the world for Christ. It's the exact opposite. The people who are most appreciative of and most, we might even say, in love with Our Lady are also the ones who are most in love with our Lord. And they're the ones who are most in love with serving our neighbor. And so it's not an either-or sort of thing that Mary does lead people to Christ. And I think we see this in the lives of all the saints, that it it's not just leads them to Christ that, oh, if, if it weren't for Mary, I wouldn't know about Jesus or I mean, there's, there's one sense, of course, in which the entire world mm-hmm. is led to Jesus through Mary, the Incarnation. Mm-hmm. There's another sense in which, you know, John 2 at the wedding of Cana, Mary points everyone to Jesus, says, do whatever he tells you. But there's a, just a deepening there, that even if you already have a relationship with Jesus, getting to know him as incarnate, as the human son of a human mother, it, it really is transformative. And I think we see it, as I said, in the lives of all the saints, that, you know, people are worried that... If I care too much about Mary, it'll take my eyes off Jesus. And there's a thousand saints that say just the opposite, that say, no, the more you care about Mary, the more you care about Jesus. The more you care about Jesus, the more you'll care about your neighbor. That's so correct and so right and spot on, because as you were speaking, the line that came to me was from the wedding at Cana, do whatever he tells you. And that's such profound advice that our Blessed Mother gives us to every day. If you just do whatever he tells you, how much closer, you know, we are drawn to the Lord, how much more we can appreciate everything that we've been given, uh, the Eucharist itself, and everything that Mary did, that's what she did. She, she just pointed the way, and I think it's a great theme for World Youth Day that they're using that, that theme the, to, to get up and go, as she did, uh, and went to visit Elizabeth, and, and that whole mission you know, of going out into the world and saying, let's, let's bring Christ to the world, and what an inspiration that Mary's the one that leads us in doing that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is, like you said, it, it, it is a visitation where as soon as Mary discovers that she's the mother of Jesus, that she has Jesus living within her, her first thing that she does is she goes and brings him to someone else, which is such a model for us that once we receive Jesus, you know, the, the mass comes from the ite missa est, you know, go, you're dismissed, like you're sent on mission because now you're filled with Jesus, so now go to your neighbor, go, go to those around you. Exactly. That's what Pope Francis say. He said that she just didn't stay home and worry about taking care of herself, and because she's pregnant, uh, she she got up in haste, 
and she went out and 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 yeah. was a model for us and continues to be. Um, what what I guess what are you looking forward to most exciting about this World Youth Day this year? Yeah, I think just getting people connected with one another and with Christ. And and I think the connected with one another is something, something we overlook. But when I was in Poland at World Youth Day, I, I met, met a young woman named Angela from uh, Germany. She was like 17 years old, and she was from a small town. And I was talking with her the night before the, the final mass. And she said growing up in her town, she felt like she was the only – young person who cared about God. Mm. And so to suddenly be surrounded by a million people who care about God, who are in her basic age range was so validating for her. She didn't feel like a crazy person anymore. <laughs> that, that it was like, Oh no, this, this really is, this is true. And I'm not strange or, you know, some weirdo for, for thinking this, this is, this is actually reality. And, and I'm just living in reality when so much of the world doesn't. And so I think it was just really empowering for her not just the message, not just a meeting Jesus in the Eucharist, all the things, as vitally important as all of that is, but just to see the body of Christ in this large, young, vibrant way, I think that really filled her with a, a real sense of reassurance and a real sense of empowerment to, to go bring that home. That's exactly correct. And you know, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking the hope that it gives for the church in the world today, when we're bombarded in so many ways, um, where evil is so prevalent and we're so divided, a, a, a gathering like this gives hope for the church going forward and the church today. Um, what inspires me, two things, you know, when I look at older people in their old age who have persevered through all these years and just remain these strong uh, Catholics and in, in living their faith and, and loving the Eucharist and praying faithfully, but the other equally inspiration is to see young people, and especially the young people, these teens and young, uh, young adults who are just on fire and, and want to share their faith and are willing to travel those distances to do that. And when they can't, uh, like they're going to come here to Our Lady of Victory on, on July 30th, that's a sign of, of the churches is, is vibrant in these young people because sometimes we talk about the future, but they really are the present, and, and we need more and more to have those witnesses, these young people, uh, in the church today. So I'm very grateful that this is going to take place here. I keep saying that, but I, I am profoundly grateful. The young people are, are not just the future, but they're also the present. There's this real sense in which you can almost imagine a chain going back 2,000 years where Jesus gives this thing, this gift to the apostles who then give it to everyone they can, who then give it to everyone they can. And what starts with a small group, you've got 12 disciples, you've got 120 people in the upper room, spreads so quickly that it's a worldwide phenomenon in, in no time at all. And we are the beneficiaries of that through innumerable hands passing on the faith, you know, that someone evangelized your parents or your grandparents or your teachers or whoever gave you the faith and someone gave them the faith and someone gave them the faith and so on, all the way back to the apostles. And that we stand as beneficiaries of that, but we're not meant to just be consumers. That so often I think we, we handle any approach to young people wrong by, by just assuming they're to be the passive recipients of this thing. We just entertain them and give them something and they just receive it and say, thank you. And, and in exchange, you know, don't leave the church. But no, like the invitation is actually to strive for greatness and to strive for sanctity, to, to pass this thing on. Like this 2000 year chain 
can't end with you and it can't end with your generation. It, it has to go on to spread to all generations and, and all around the world, to all nations. And it, it's exciting to be a part of a mission like that and a mission where we know with divine assurance it will be successful. It will be triumphant. Amen. That's uh, an amen, amen, amen. And again, we look forward to welcoming <laughs> you here to, to Western New York, to the Diocese of Buffalo, but in a very special way to our city of charity, uh, the spiritual home of our beloved founder, the Venerable Nelson Baker. And I know that he will be interceding for you as you prepare to come and to speak to our young people, and also that you will have the experience of the protection of Our Lady of Victory. Thank you, Joe, so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much. We're very excited here at Our Lady of Victory to be able to celebrate World Youth Day locally, where our young people who cannot travel to Portugal to meet our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, will be able to gather here and to have a local experience of what it means for young people to gather together, to share their faith, to support each other and be inspired by each other in the ways of our Catholic faith. The theme for the uh, World Youth Day in Portugal that our Holy Father has chosen is Mary arose and went with haste. And it's all based on that experience of the visitation when Mary with the child Jesus in her womb runs in haste to her cousin Elizabeth who is also with child with John the Baptist and that great meeting. And what Holy Father Pope Francis says to us, may our young people uh, be inspired to be evangelists, to be active and missionary, and like Mary, to carry Christ into the world and to recognize and witness the presence of the living Christ in the world today. And that's so, such a rewarding experience for the young Catholics across Western New York to be able to come together here and to celebrate at Our Lady of Victory, uh, the City of Charity, the home of our beloved Father Baker, who, as you all know, dedicated his life and ministry to caring to young people and changing their lives for the better. And we pray today that the experience of World Youth Day here at Our Lady of Victory on Sunday, July 30th, will do the same for the young people that gather, that their lives indeed will be changed for the better, and that their experience of Jesus Christ and the love of our Blessed Mother will carry them forward to be great witnesses in the world today. I'd like to conclude today with the official prayer that has been given to us for World Youth Day 2023. Let us pray. Our Lady of the Visitation, you who arose and went with haste into the hill country to meet Elizabeth, lead us also to encounter all those who await us, to deliver them the living gospel, Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord. We too will go in haste without distraction or delay, but with readiness and joy. We will go with peace, because those who bring Christ bring peace, and well-being comes from being generous and loving in our deeds. Our Lady of the Visitation, through your inspiration, this World Youth Day will be a shared celebration of Christ, whom we bring to others just as you did. Please make this a time of testimony and sharing of fraternity and thanksgiving, with each of us looking for opportunities to give to those who are waiting to receive. With you, we will continue on this path of encounter so that our world will join us too in fraternity, justice, and peace. Help us, Our Lady of the Visitation, to bring Christ to everyone in obedience to the Father and in the love of the Holy Spirit. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Please pray for our young people, and thank you for all that you do for God 
and our wonderful church.